Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Ellery. And this is a bonus episode of the Girls Gotta Read podcast. Uh, This is not a part of our regular book club selections, but just a bonus episode that we are bringing you called Page to Screen. Yes, Page to Screen, where we talk about books that have been made into movies. We read the book, we watch the movie, and we give you our thoughts. What did we read and watch this month, Ellery? We read Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. Yeah, which was made into a movie on Netflix. Yes. The movie was released in 2021. Okay. So it's a recent movie. Yeah. So a little background. I picked this page to screen episode um, and this book because I saw the trailer on Netflix and I was immediately intrigued. I thought it was, I thought it looked so good. It looked like a thriller. I love, it's Amy Adams, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love Amy Adams. Um, but because it looked so good, I wanted to read the book first. So I had bought the book. Of course. And it sat in my TBR forever on my bookshelf, but I just never got around to it. And we tackled it. So what did you think? Initial thoughts? Well, so first things first, we're not going to spoil anything, right? Because we don't, this is not like a book club discussion. We're going to keep this one kind of short as this bonus episode. Um, And just talk about like, I guess we'll talk about like the differences between them and stuff like that. So this first off is a thriller. Yes. Book. Do you have a synopsis for us? So, both the book and the movie follow Dr. Anna Fox, who is a psychiatrist, and she is agoraphobic, which means that she is afraid to leave her house. So, she witnesses a crime, or so she thinks, and then she is approached by police, she's approached by the family across the street, and it's just her journey through her uh, diagnosis of agoraphobia and yeah. then witnessing the crime and everything that unfolds from there. And it's her there. word against everybody else's. Yes. Yeah. Um, the book, how long did it take you to read? Like a day or two. Okay. Yeah. It took me a lot longer <laughs> to read this book. It's so funny because it was my suggestion. And then I feel like I, I won't say I regretted suggesting it, but it was, the book was a bit of a letdown. So, I have actually read a book that inspired this. Or not a book, but a short story. Um, it's called It um, It Had to Be Murder by Cornell Woolrich. I read it in my film uh, and lit, lit class in college. And it was then turned into a movie by Alfred Hitchcock called Rear Window. Oh. So, absolutely, this author drew inspiration from that because it was the same thing. Book to movie about the same topic. In Rear Window, he is a he's um, in a wheelchair due to an injury, and he witnesses a crime across the street. So it's a similar idea. Um, I loved the short story. It had to be murder. Loved it. I also loved the movie, even though it was an older movie, and I hadn't watched many older movies. Um, so I loved those. So this was a bit of a letdown because. Um, I just loved those so much. Okay. But I did I did appreciate um, the modern take on those movies and the the movie and the book. Yeah. Or in the short story. I keep saying book, but no. it's a short story. <laughs> it's, I know. It's hard to talk about this without spoiling it uh, because we're so used to spoiling the plot completely. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the reviews for the book. 
So the book has a four out of five on Goodreads and a four out of five on Amazon. Wow. So pretty highly reviewed, yeah. I would say. A four is a pretty good review. And it's a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Yeah. The movie, not so high. It is a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is my, that's my metric for whether or not a movie's worth my time. I don't know if that is widely used, but 25% is incredibly low. That's out of 100. Yeah. So... The Google score is a 59%, and I think the Google scores are usually pretty falsely inflated. Yes. I don't know why, though. I agree. But for whatever reason, the Google score is always, like, almost double what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. It's crazy. Yeah, so, okay, we're in agreement then. We're going to use Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an IMDb for movies and Rotten Tomatoes for movies, and then I'm a Goodreads girl for books. Yes, perfect. And I use Storygraph, too, but they're the same, pretty much. So... Your basic thoughts about, like, would you, I just got to ask, since you read the book, since you watched the movie, you did both. Did you like the book? Did you like the movie? Did you like both of them? Did you hate both of them? I liked the movie better than I liked the book. Um, I think I only liked the, I, I think I only liked the book as much as I did because of the short story that I read. Because I saw the callbacks to that. And I liked some of the old movies that they referenced because those were movies that we had watched in my film and lit class. So a lot of it had nothing to do with the book. It was just all of my personal background. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I'm also not a movie critic, so I usually enjoy movies, no matter how bad they are. <laughs> okay. I will say that. I will say that. Okay. Yes, that needs mentioning. Yes. I am a bit of a snob when it comes to movies, and I rank them and rate them pretty harshly. So I hated the movie. Ah, okay. But I hated the book. Even more? No. Oh. I hated the book. I hated the movie more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I I liked the movie. Like, I thought it was a pretty quick watch. Like, I got through it super easy. I love Amy Adams. She is in Man of Steel, and she's in in, in Enchanted, which is a movie I watched as a kid. Yeah. And I really liked her, so that was fine for me. I was like, yep, good. (laughs) Okay, so you would not recommend the book? I wouldn't recommend the book. I would recommend that short story instead. Okay. And I would recommend Rear Window instead of the movie version of The Woman in the Window. Yeah, see, so this was not... I hadn't read that the short story you're talking about i have not seen rear window in a long time this book why i wanted to read it was because it doesn't it not only contains a recommendation from jillian flynn who wrote gone girl but it also has a front cover recommendation from stephen king and i really like his books although he can be a little long-winded sometimes that's for another day (laughs) but i was like when because I, I I ripped through Gone Girl the book I thought it was amazing so when I saw that I was like I'm gonna love this book it, it hyped it up for me the book was a slow burn I thought and without spoiling anything there was the twist at the end I did not see coming and I was like okay like that was a good twist for the last thirty or forty pages in the book. 
I will say for the book, I thought that it could have been way shorter. Yes, it's like over novella. Four, it's over four hundred pages, and it did. It could have been a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I was like, <laughs> and then there's a lot of like the dates. They use like a whole page to outline what day yes. what day it is. So it's an inflated four hundred pages, but still like holding it in your hand. It's just such a big book. So that's those were kind of like my basic thoughts. In the thriller fashion, I want to be whipping those pages so fast because I I just can't quite keep up. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I didn't get that with this book. I thought, overall, I did think it was a, is a good story. I mean, I wasn't, like, I wasn't blown away, but I thought she was, she, it was just a lot about, like, her kind of shuffling around the house. Yeah, there was a, it was long-winded. Yeah. Now the movie on the other hand got jammed down my throat so fast I couldn't even I couldn't even blink. I mean like I felt like the movie was just like they packed so much into it that I was like and I'll tell you Chris my husband was like he didn't read the book. He watched the movie. He was so he he said something so foul about that movie. I can't even repeat it. He hated <laughs> it so much. Did Sarah watch it? No, I watched it by myself. Okay. Well, we yeah. So the only impartial opinion we have is Chris. about whether we know to watch it. I mean, Chris is not recommending that movie to anybody, <laughs> which is so funny. So where does that leave you guys? If you like thrillers. And, like, Gone Girl style, this might not be the book for you. Was there a twist? Yes. Did I think the book was, like, good? It's it's not going to be anywhere. I'd give this book a 2.75 out of 5. I was going to say I would rate it a 2. Yeah, like, I can't even give it a 3. Yeah. I, I just didn't three, enjoy it. A 3 it. would be generous. Yeah. And, like, if I didn't have to finish it for this podcast, I wouldn't have finished it. I actually thought the same thing. I yeah. was like... I would not finish this if this was a personal read for me. Yeah, like you read it before I did, and then you gave it to me, and I was like, you said something, you were like, oh, we'll talk about it. And I was like, oh, no, there's going to be a podcast where we, like, we disagree, like, heavily on whether or not we liked it. And then I was like, no, it's just it's just not a good, it's just not a fun read. I'm glad you picked up on what I meant. <laughs> yeah, well, but also, like, how did it get a four out of five? I think the idea is pretty unique. For modern century, if you haven't read the short story or or watched Rear Window, yeah, like I can't really think of many other things that have agoraphobia yeah. as a part of them. This makes me want to watch Rear Window. Oh yeah, Rear Window is a really good movie. Okay, so you're recommending that in place of the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So let's switch topics now and go into what we liked about this book. Did you have anything specifically that you enjoyed about Woman in the Window? Yeah, this is good to do because it's kind of a negative so far. Um, the things that I liked about it, I, I did like the twist at the very end. Um, I didn't see it coming, so that is obviously a good mark of a thriller book. Um, the other thing I did enjoy was that, that was the kind of the format. Like, this whole book only takes place over one to two weeks, so... In that respect, there wasn't like a whole lot of timeline or details to keep straight because you're just kind of like moving day by day by day um, through it. Man, it's kind of t- it's kind of hard to talk about it without talking about spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah, but 
yeah, those were those were kind of the things that were redeeming qualities for the book. Uh, what about you? So I, my favorite character was Punch the Persian, the little cat that she has. I didn't like that he ends up getting hurt, um, but I'm a cat person, and I love that he was featured in the movie. I love that she has a, a friend in her house with her. I also really like the name Punch. It's a goofy cat name, and I always like a cat, a cat name with some character. And you're a cat lady. I'm a cat lady, so through and through. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I know you did a lot of research on the author, um, and you want to talk about that, so take it away. I did. So we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about this in a couple different parts. I'm gonna start by where I started in my research, and then I'm gonna finish up when I when I did some more digging and found out some more background information about the motivations of this author. So AJ Finn is a pen name. The real author's name is Dan Mallory. So I read an article from The Independent. This is where I started in my research. It's titled The Unbelievable Story Behind Woman in the Window Author Dan Mallory. So he has been accused of lying about a couple different things related to health and death. He he was accused of lying about having a brain tumor, his mom having cancer, his brother committing suicide, a couple things along those lines. Like he said those things and claimed them to be true. Yes. And when I first read the article... My initial thoughts were, was this used as a selling point? Because that's kind of what my initial thoughts were of, you can make more money if you have a little bit of a sob story. But I did a little bit more digging. That is not the case. So I read an article from The Guardian, and Dan Mallory's response to this was, quote, it is the case that on numerous occasions in the past, I have stated, implied, or allowed others to believe that I was afflicted with a physical malady instead of a psychological one, cancer specifically, unquote. So he has bipolar disorder. So he felt more comfortable saying, I have brain cancer rather than bipolar because in society, there's a ton of stigma around mental health. People will accept that you have cancer a lot easier in the media than if you have bipolar. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean... I would only, I mean, as somebody that doesn't have bipolar, I would agree with, like, his perspective on it and other people's perspective that they do feel stigma towards their, like, you know, their mental health. Yeah, I, I mean, mental health stigma, it, it, my generation specifically, Gen Z is one of the first generations to really comfortably talk about mental health. Yeah. And your generation specifically set the groundwork for that. Yeah. I mean, like, as a, as a healthcare professional working with population and mental health, I always under, you know, I appreciate their perspective because it was part of my education yeah. to become a nurse. I, I took psych courses and I, I worked on psych floors and I worked with patients that were struggling with mental health disorder. So, um, I, I know, I know what they have told me about their struggles. Yeah. And I, I personally, I have anxiety. I go to a psychiatrist. I am medicated for my anxiety because it was causing a lot of stress in my life yeah, and causing me a lot of like psychological distress and it's not something to be embarrassed of or have to have to hide and it's sad that we're in a society yeah. in which if you if you have a mental health condition you feel like you need to hide it right I agree yeah so this and so the author Dan has said that he has lied because of the bipolar disorder yes right 
Um, I, I also did a little bit of research and, and I mean, we've honestly, it's not even a little bit of research at this point. I feel like we've really probably looked into him more than any other author at this point because it's such a complex tale and such a complex, like, it, like sequence of events that has happened. Yeah. And my in initial, life. sorry, my initial research was not enough. Because I read the first article, and the first article, it it brings up that he has bipolar, but it doesn't really elaborate from there. Yeah. And it just says his what he's been lying about, and then it says that he has bipolar, and that's pretty much it. And that's not really the full story. And, well, and... It's not this. It's not the full story that can be told because again, all of this is coming from Mallory. This is, and he's the one saying these things. He's the one now apologizing on behalf of his bipolar. So those are just like those are the things that we are accepting, right? We just have to accept what he's willing to tell us. Um, I particularly thought that the New Yorker had a great article about. Um, Dan Mallory and his very, 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 like, complicated history um, in the publishing world with all of these kind, you know, like, people are calling them deceptions and things like that in his struggle with bipolar, and it's called A Suspense Novelist's Trail of Deceptions, and that um, article, author, really goes in deep, talks to all of his old colleagues, all of his old professors, goes one by one through each of the claims that he's made and retracted and, like, really tries to get into the truth of the issue and, like, what is happening and why, what are his motivations and all this, and includes large excerpts of Mallory apologizing. So it's really a good read if you're interested in more of, you know, this specific author and what he's gone through. Um, I did not know this, but The Woman in the Window is was a part of a two-book deal two book, two million dollar deal that he signed. Um, so theoretically, Mallory is going to be publishing another book. Do you know if it's still going to be published? This article that I read in the New Yorker is from 2019 and it's said that he's working on it and it's set in San Francisco, but there's, I could not find anything else about it. And the mm. other thing I found out about this book is when it was being circulated in publishing houses under the pen name A.J. Finn, when publishers found out that the authors, that Dan Mallory was really the author under the pen name, mo- most of them dropped out of the bids. I would imagine of so. Some of the, you know, some of the reputation that has happened, unfortunately. And I think the part that we want to talk about, you know, that's important to both of us because of our own personal beliefs, we want to focus more on the stigma that he faces um, you know, as somebody who struggles with bipolar, um, because specifically he, he did come out and say like that he said some of these things that these, he told some of the lies that he told because he was fearful of, of stigma and, and prejudice. So let's expand on that a little bit more. I found an article from psychiatry.org, which went into the harmful effects of stigma and discrimination. Quote, A 2016 study on stigma concluded there is no country, society, or culture where people with mental illness have the same societal value as people without mental illness, unquote. That is tough. That is hard. There's no country. No country. Yes. No society. It's a worldwide, like, epidemic almost. Yeah. Of stigma. And for for it to be the value, 
the value of one person versus another. That's really sad. Yeah. It's really sad. So some of the effects of stigma can be reduced hope, lower self-esteem, difficult with social relationships, and reduced likelihood of staying with treatment. So that last part is is pretty difficult for me to swallow because stigma increasing the likelihood that you'll drop out of getting yourself help is just furthering the problem that you're experiencing. I mean, and that list doesn't even include, like, you know, ability to, like, have employment and and be employed. And, like, if that comes out, are you going to be prejudiced against and maybe fired? Like, retaining housing, right? It's like a whole multifaceted system that can domino. Yeah. So, really quite a lot. I mean, did it overall affect how we read the book no because anytime that we do this author research it has almost always come after we've already read the book and in this case we watched the movie too and then we kind of looked into the author and you googled it and this just all came up yeah we immediately felt like the floodgates had opened with information just coming 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 so um if dan mallory does publish another book I will not read it because I didn't enjoy The Woman in the Window. Not because he has right? bipolar. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> and that's unfortunate, but I have read Gone Girl and loved it, which is a thriller. I have read The Woman on the Train. Did you read that? Girl on a Train. That was a movie, right? too. Yeah. And I somewhat liked it. So then when we read and watched this one, I was just like, man, these these thrillers with these alcoholic female characters, <laughs> I'm kind of over it. So, you know, there won't be any there won't be any stigma from us about not reading his next book. Ultimately, I think we both agree we just don't really recommend it. So to close this out, if you would like to donate any any of your own personal funds to helping with stigma, I'm gonna highlight two organizations. Um, The first one is Stamp Out Stigma. That is from the Association for Behavioral Health and Wellness. This is working on reducing stigma around mental illness. And then the Make It Okay is a a campaign that reduces the stigma of mental illness. So both are related to stigma. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. And that all that information will be in the show notes. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this has been the first successful bonus episode of Girls Gotta Read podcast. <laughs> uh, we're so excited to bring you these bonuses. We think they're really fun. We have a really fun one planned for next month that's going to be different from the page to screen. So instead of reading a book and watching a movie, we have like a little bit of a different thing planned. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. So make sure you follow our Instagram at Girls Gotta Read Podcast and let us know your thoughts on this book and this listen. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.